BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. St. Xavier University is for students who want more out of their future. We pride ourselves on preparing graduates with the skills they need to succeed in life. Visit xxu.edu to start plotting your path to a brighter tomorrow. St. Xavier University, the best in you. Welcome to the Under Center Podcast presented by St. Xavier University. I'm always fortunate enough to be joined by our Bears insider, Josh Schrock. Follow him at Schrock, underscan all, underscan all. Damn, I just messed it up. I messed that up in a long ass time. Oh, well, that's it. Let's start over again. <laughs> Welcome to the Under Center Podcast presented by St. Xavier University. I'm always fortunate enough to be joined by our Bears insider, Josh Schrock. Follow him at Schrock underscore and underscore all. Tony and Claire are running the show. We are broadcasting live from the NBC Podcast Studios powered by PointsBet. And today we're fortunate enough to be joined by new Bear, former Texas running back, Roshan Johnson. Follow him at Roshan. Roshan, how you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. How y'all doing? We're doing good. Doing all right. Doing all right. Yeah. Definitely doing right. Appreciate yeah. you joining us. And look, I want to jump back into college, basically. I want to start there and start off with you going into Texas, being a QB and switching off to running back. When you were recruited, were you told that there were a chance that you were going to perhaps have to play a little running back? And if not, how did it feel to give up that dream of being a quarterback down in Texas? Uh yeah. Yeah, no, there was no conversation in playing any any other position. Um uh, the way the situation that came about, I basically just, uh, you know, well, a, a week before my freshman season, when all of our running backs got hurt, Coach Sherman just pretty much came up to me uh, since I was like the only able body that could, you know, physically do it and that had a, a understanding of the system uh, well enough to, you know, go out and fill a role while we got our injured guys back. So, I mean, uh, it just really kind of took off for me from there. I mean, I got a chance to taste the field, you know, see what it was like just to be on the field and play. And then um, eventually I just decided to never look back from that, from that point on. Was it difficult going from, and I don't know, in high school, if you guys were like running the option and if you were taking on a lot of hits, but was it difficult still to go from basically you have the offensive line protecting you to going to where you're penetrating, trying to put pain on somebody else and also getting hit a lot more playing running back? Uh, I mean, yes, there, there was a level of difficulty with it, but I think more so uh, – it was just learning how to run um, to protect myself and to, you know, be effective as a runner. Uh, that, was, that was the, the difficult part. Uh, and in high school, I mean, I, I was very fond of running the ball. Uh, so running the ball kind of wasn't necessarily an issue, but, I mean, when you run it as a running back, it's a, it's a lot different than when you're a quarterback. So we just kind of learned that aspect of it kind of helped me out a lot as I uh, started to figure it out uh, at my tenure at Texas. When when did you feel like you you got the kind of the learning curve to become a running back? Like when did you feel like okay now I'm a running back, not a quarterback who's trying to play running back? Uh, either the the back end of my junior season at Texas, um, yeah, the back end of my junior season and definitely in, into my senior season, um, I would definitely say like I knew for sure, um, 
certain things just weren't foreign to me. And uh, it was just uh, using my body as a weapon was kind of more and more common. So I would definitely say between those two seasons. With with playing with Bijan, I know you've you've talked to us about like you you don't view it as like you sat behind him, you played with him. So how do you view playing with a guy like that? How did that help you kind of become a better running back? How do you think that you two improved each other? Yeah, uh, I think we helped each other a lot uh, for him uh, and, and how he helped me, just seeing how he did certain things, uh, seeing, you know, uh, just watch, kind of get a chance to, you know, watch somebody first and then go go and take a rep. I can kind of take mental, mental notes uh, when I take my reps. So uh, really just kind of just seeing how he did certain things, uh, seeing how all of our running backs at Texas, you know, whether it be right, run plays, pass blocking, run blocking, really just kind of taking notes from each other, little tad bits, uh, things that we did well, things that we didn't do well, uh, and just kind of correcting each other and helping each other and competing each other in a, a you know a, a healthy way. So I think uh, that definitely helped me me a lot, uh, and it gave me an advantage as opposed to a lot of guys who probably hadn't had a chance to play with somebody uh, at the caliber of, uh, of a Bijan. So yeah, for sure. What was what was something in particular that you saw Bijan do and you thought, okay, I need I need to learn how to do that at that level? Uh, there's a lot of stuff that he can do that is just he's not like if, if you're not born or if your body is not designed to be certain things, you're just not gonna do them. So, and that was good. That was a good learning experience for me. It's like uh, with certain running backs, some guys like to spin, some mm-hmm. guys like to you know pat their pitter pat their feet three or four times before they make a move. Some guys just one cut and go. So. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a lot of things that Bijan can do that a lot of people on this earth just can't do. So uh, um, that was a, a good learning experience just to kind of see what he does and see just how his body moves and how he can, you know, defeat defenders and how he can do certain things. Uh, and, you know, just taking taking tad bits from what, what he did that I've learned from uh, and applied it to my game, I think uh, it's helped me a lot. But, yeah, just kind of having that experience just overall, I feel like, helped me. Was there ever a time period where you were looking, let's just say sophomore year, junior year, you're looking down towards the draft and you're thinking, you know what, if I transfer and perhaps I'm just, it's just me in the backfield or I get the first reps, they can prove my draft status and you thought about transferring it. And if it's not, how do you feel about the draft portal? I mean, the, tra- the, the portal in the first place? Uh, Yeah, the transfer definitely crossed my mind at one point just to see if I was, you know, put myself in the, in the right position or the best position to succeed. But uh, at the end of the day, I mean, the way I saw it, the role that I had on the team, I was just trying to, you know, just trying to win at Texas. So uh, I felt like my role was was vital um, for the team that that I was on. Uh, I felt like that they needed me in a sense. So uh, that's how it led me to, you know, stay there and ultimately you know, get my education and finish that out as well. So uh, yeah, and then with the transfer portal, um, I, I think it can be it can be beneficial to. It can be beneficial and, and detrimental. I feel like a lot of people can kind of look at it as something that's kind of bad or something that uh, is kind of like an easy way out or an easy route out, but it's different for everybody. Everybody, some people, you know, transfer and uh, you know, end up having, you know, great careers at other places. So I, mean, I think it's definitely something that's beneficial to, you know, college football, but I mean, it's different for everybody. Look, as can you tell me just as a gauge talking to other players in college how most players felt about the transfer portal me I wasn't a college athlete but I've always resented the fact that a coach can pick up and leave whenever but players were in some ways punished because if a new coach comes in with a new system it may not fit you and that may hurt you moving forward how do most players feel about the opportunity where they don't have to sit out a year they can transfer and play the next season 
Uh, I think the vibe amongst it, the whole the, the whole portal situation is is, is good because uh, I mean, like you said, I mean, coaches do it all the time. They they have a a better outlet to put themselves in a better position to be successful, and um, they take advantage of it. So I feel like as a player, we should do this pretty much do the same thing we, or have that right to do the same thing. So uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't see it being you know too much of a of a, of a big problem. Um, the only thing that I could probably say that's bad about it is it kind of, I won't necessarily say hinders, but it kind of hinders the, you know, recruiting classes coming in for high schoolers um, in a way. Just because, you know, you're competing with guys who've probably been in college for a while that can easily just transfer over and, uh, you know, be be at a, at a spot that, that you're at. So, I mean, but ultimately, competition is inevitable when you talk about college football, so... I feel like ultimately, how I view it is, it would make you better if somebody were to transfer in or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I really overall, I think it's a it's a good it's a good tool for for college athletes. Rush on physicality, we've talked about. You love to punish defenders. So when you look at the offseason program and you're not in pads, how do you evaluate the work you do in in OTAs and minicamp when you can't you know hit people and and really show what you what you're good at? Yeah, um, I think for me, it's more so just about seeing how my body moves, just seeing how I, you know, uh, run certain plays, seeing how, just what things I need to work on outside of just, you know, physically, mm-hmm. physical contact. Uh, so I think it's it's more so, more so revolves around movement and speed and then just, uh, I would say just pass catching. That's like kind of the main things when it comes to these uh, padded practices. So, uh but yeah, like you said, when the, when the pads come on, I'm able to you know be physical and add a little extras in my game. I think that'll help me a lot. When it comes to punishment, who hit you the hardest in college, and who did you hit the hardest? And who hit me the hardest? I don't know. I, I really don't know. In college, that's a tough one. I don't. I would say probably the most aggressive person, the most aggressive person that I've seen just play. Or that I played against was uh, Jalen Petrie, uh, the safety for the, the Texan. Uh, he definitely plays at a thousand miles an hour, an hour, and I respect just how he plays in general. But uh, yeah, he's definitely one of those guys that you got to strap your helmet on tight for. But man, as far as people that I've hit, I don't really, I don't, I don't even know, honestly. Um, yeah, I can't even tell you. Um, Rosh, six weeks of the offseason program, what was something that really struck you about your first six weeks in the NFL? Like, what was something that really stood out? Like, okay, now I'm in the NFL. This is different than college. Um, I would say, uh, I mean, they, they kind of treat you like an employee when it comes to certain things. And, um, fines were a big thing. Uh, I think it's outrageous that you can just get fined for, you know, being late or missing something or, you know, just any of a lot of a lot of things you can get fired for. So I think that was like a big wake up call. Like, dang, like this is really real. And then uh, I would just say like the the way practices are structured uh, in college versus the uh, the, the NFL. Uh, it's a little more I wouldn't necessarily say laid back, but it's less contact in in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. Given that you're you know you're an asset to the team based on your health and availability. So. Uh, that was kind of a big piece of it too. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Huddle up because it's time to fill the power of points bet with the points bet power hour. You can get boosted odds or bonus bets every single day, whether you're in the hoops, hockey, home runs or hole in ones. The power is in your hands and new customers will receive up to a thousand dollar second chance bets. That's 10 straight days of second chances where points bet will match your losing wager and bonus bets. Download the points bet app today using the code shy talk 10 points bet your move uh, right now. The Anderson podcast with Bears running back Roshan Johnson. Roshan, you getting fine like that? What you doing? Uh, no, nah, I'm not geeking fun. That's okay, what, I'm like digging you like like. Nah, nah, I'm I'm not getting fined. Uh, after I heard the numbers of the fines, the, the amounts of the fines, I was just like, yeah, I don't I don't want any part of that. So yeah, I'm not I'm <laughs> not letting anybody dig in my pocket like that. No, nah. coming for your bread. You just started getting the bread, and they're trying to take the bread from y'all. Look. Let me ask you this, because one of the reasons I brought it up, and one of the things that we've heard about you is your tremendous character. Um, being a leader in college, and I mean, it's clear they expect for you to be a leader here. Um, who put that in you? And I always say, just with my own children, and when people, you know, give us props, it's in the kid too. The kid has to be that way. It's just not you raising the kid. But uh, talk about your character and how it, you came about being this this terrific young man, and that, that everyone's told us about so far. Uh, I think it's uh, over time, growth, and maturity. Um, I mean, when you go to college, you kind of really find out a lot about yourself. Uh, and I think just the, the situations that I've been put in uh, at Texas, um, it was either kind of, you know, you know, it's either kind of I, I either dealt with it in, in a positive way or I could deal with my situations in a, in a negative way. So I try my best to, you know, say, well, no, no matter what uh, situation or opportunity is presented against me, like I'm going to put my best foot forward. Uh, on the whether that's on the field or off the field, to you know make the most out of it, and I think it, it really kind of draws uh, hand in hand with my faith, and just kind of letting letting that drive me and letting that uh, ultimately kind of you know just lead what I say and what I do. So yeah, I think that's kind of where that stemmed from, and just my experiences over time uh, was kind of led me into more so of a leadership role at Texas. So uh, now in my time in Chicago, I can kind of take what I've learned from that. Uh, ultimately, being a rookie, I mean, first you got to sit back and learn and, sit and see how things are done and kind of earn your stripes and then, you know, step step up more and more into that leadership role. So that's kind of what I'm doing now. Roshan, uh, you obviously knew Justin Fields was talented from watching him from afar, I'm sure, but what's something you learned about him after becoming his teammate and, and sharing the field with him? Uh, yeah, um, I think he's a very smart guy. Uh, you can tell he, he knows what he's talking about. He's uh, very in tune with what's going on uh, offensively, uh, has talent, whether that's throwing the ball or running the ball. Uh, he's a very – he's a playmaker. I, I can tell that uh, just by practicing with him and then just how, how smart he is. Uh, and the playbook that we have is not is not an easy playbook. So uh, just him being able to go out and, you know, make certain reads and do certain things uh, at high level I think is uh, was very apparent from my time that I've spent uh, practicing with him. What's what's your mindset? Being where 
you you had you, you had Bijan down there at Texas. Now you come up here, you have Dante, uh, you have Khalil Herbert, um, and of course you have to learn. But what part of you is like, yo, I want to prove I'm him. You know, like you, it, it, like I want to show that because I believe I'm him. Yeah, uh, I think it. I think it's not necessarily proven to anybody, but it's proven to myself, like who I am. Uh, I think the moment you try to start proving to people what you can do, I think you kind of the moment when it doesn't go right, like you kind of get in your head a little bit. So I try my best to you know keep a certain perspective. Uh, that whatever whatever happens, I'm I'm up on my best before, and I'm gonna go hard. And uh, ultimately, you're gonna see what type of dude I am in the process. So, uh, I think it's really just taking it day by day, um, taking advantage of my opportunities when they present themselves, and just trying to be prepared as much as I can when my opportunity comes. What what's the what's your feel so far for the running back room? What are you taking from Khalil and, and Donta early on? Uh, really, just kind of. For one, just structurally how things are going, like how things go in practice. Uh, just kind of things to look out for in the league, little little tab bits that I can take, uh, you know, whether that be from practice, uh, from certain plays, really just kind of digesting the system. They've been helping me out a lot, just trying to learn the system and learn the playbook. So I think those have been the main the main thing. What have the coaches asked you to focus on the most so far? Uh, I think overall is just learning the system getting the grasp of it and just taking slowing things down mentally uh i mean i feel like that's for every rookie trying to come in and learn our system off rip uh you're gonna have some you know rookie mistakes and stuff like that so uh just kind of learning learning the system as best as i can and then just uh going out and executing that piece has been been the main thing what what russian what strikes you about the potential of this offense this year like if everything's clicking you're running hard justin obviously darnell chase dj what how good can this offense be do you think yeah, no, I think we can be re- really, really special. Uh, like you said, we got a lot of weapons from Darnell to, you know, DJ, Justin, and then with the backs we have in the backfield. I mean, it's a lot of different uh, weapons that we have on the on the offensive side of the ball. So I think it's really just kind of up to us how, how well we gel together. What about being drafted by a team? One thing with the Bears, it's middle linebacker and it's running back. Going back to like Gail Sayers and Walter Payton, sweetness. How do you feel about being drafted by a team where you you're picking up now and could possibly be one of those next great running backs in the Bears uniform? Yeah, I mean it's a blessing. Um, it's it's a blessing, man. Just having those names being a part of the same kind of conversation in terms of being a Bears running back, I think is a you know just a blessing. So I mean, I'm gonna try my best to you know. Uh, withhold that that reputation that the Bears have for running backs. So, you know, I'm just really trying to put my best foot forward and live up for those shoes. Rushon, when you were when you were kind of going through that learning curve of becoming a running back, who's who's some guys you modeled your running style after as you as you look to make that transition? Uh, yeah, I would kind of say uh, Matt Forte a little bit, uh, a little bit of Aaron Foster as well as uh. A little bit of uh, James Conner and Fred Jackson, those guys I've kind of watched and just kind of tried to learn from. Me being kind of like a lankier, bigger back, uh, definitely try to take tad bits from those guys. For anybody that didn't see you at Texas, when it comes to football, what do you think are your best attributes? I think my my best attributes, uh, from a physical standpoint, I feel like I'm a strong runner. A decisive runner that can, you know, get vertical, 
uh, as soon as he sees sees the play developing or even before it before it happens, I think I can kind of diagnose, you know, how a run should pop based on leverage. Um, you know, just kind of being a cerebral cerebral player in order for me to you know be efficient uh, and kind of making a guy miss uh, subtly. It's not anything crazy. Uh, like I said, like with Bijan, you, you get a lot of glitz and glam with me. Uh, it's more so kind of just simple, kind of one-two stick, one one cut and go. You get vertical, but uh, I feel like it's an effective raw style for me. And then ultimately, I feel like from a character standpoint, I feel like you're going to get a, a leader at the position that, you know, has played quarterback, so it's kind of like the element of leadership that comes from a quarterback, but at the running back spot uh, that you normally don't get from other guys. So I think that kind of helps me and just my overall toughness, so for sure. Real quick, when it comes to quarterback, how, how, and I liked it that you said as a leader because it, it stuck to me. I'm like, well, being a quarterback, he's already been a leader. But when it comes to diagnosing the play and knowing what others perhaps has, needs to do, how has that benefited you at running back? I think it benefits you from a protection standpoint and knowing kind of what's coming before it happens. Um, usually when you're at quarterback, kind of read the, the, the defense from top to bottom, kind of key in safeties, then backers, then uh, the defensive line, you know, tendencies where their alignments are, uh, kind of things they're tipping off. So you usually read it from top to bottom. Um, running backs aren't necessarily kind of trained to look at defense like that. It's kind of like, okay, you look at what front you got and you look with, with the, where the linebackers are. And you, kinda get, you can kind of get pigeonholed uh, if you're not used to looking at safeties and kind of just a big picture. So uh, I still kind of look at defenses like that. First thing I'm doing is keying the safeties. Uh, seeing where road, where rotations come from, coming from, so I can you know get a beat on pressure, you know get get a beat on uh, linebacker alignment, uh, as well as best front. So, and just kind of having that same mindset of reading the defense from top to bottom, I think helps me diagnose things better. So I put myself in the best position, and you know pass block. Roshan, you you led college football in force missed tackles last year. What makes you so effective at, at breaking tackles and forcing missed tackles? Uh, I mean, like I said, I think it's real um, subtle. Uh, it's really just kind of practicing for one. Uh, Coach Tashard Choice at Texas, he has a great set of drills that we did every day uh, to defeat tackles, and he has his actual he has his cut up of like drill work that he that, that he has footage of, and then exact game reps that are pretty much identical. So. uh he helped me out a lot, which is kind of attacking leverage and making sure I run through not a full when you, when you run through somebody, you don't never want to run through them like square down the middle, just kind of taking a side and, you know, uh, creating space for yourself before you even get to the defender. Uh, it'd be sticking on the shake or shimmy or whatever it may be, but for that thing, just kind of from being explosive uh, and indecisive with my cuts and just kind of knowing what moves to, to make on certain defenders. You just said something, and I think anybody that hasn't played or played football, you said you didn't want to really hit them square up. You want to hit them on the side. It's partially one of the reasons you don't want to hit them square up is because you're giving them more of you to tackle that way. Uh, yes, yeah, and then you're you're allowing them to potentially grab both hands on you. So, um, I mean, I think, and even trying to run through a person's entire body is way harder than running through a norm way harder than running through a shoulder when I mean, you still have like a leg or arm free that where you can stay on your feet and you know continue to progressively get yards so yeah it's just a matter of trying to have as, as less surface contact as possible in order for you to continually gain yards and go forward even if you were to get tackled 
Roshan, you're, you're part of a 10-person draft class that's supposed to be the foundation of this rebuild. What are your impressions playing alongside a guy like Darnell Wright? Yeah, uh, obviously he's a guy that's super talented. Um, he's a guy that, you know, I feel like the organization has big a lot of confidence in uh, and just his, his overall ability, I think, is going to help spring forward us to, you know, some, some good things. So, uh, yeah, I've seen that off rip, and then I think ultimately uh, for this rookie class, I mean, once we get down the system and just get more comfortable and comfortable with it, uh, I think you'll really start to see the the effects of um, the talent that we have on the roster. My last two questions. Uh, we had Ricky Williams on here about a month, month and a half ago. We asked him about Texas running backs, so I need your top Texas running back. But also, I need your top running backs in the NFL, and you just listed guys that in the past and present that you kind of watched to, to emulate I want to know who your guys are in the league too. Okay, so you said my top, my top, how many Tex- at Texas? Or just- top, you can, I just you can just go. <laughs> All right, I'm not even putting a limit on a cap on that. But your top Texas and your top guys in the league. Yeah, I mean, Texas, there's so many, but uh, I mean, you got to start off with Earl, Earl Campbell. Um, then I would have to say Ricky. Uh, so me, number three would be Jamal Charles. Because we came, from, we're we're from the same the same city, so I kind of like watched them all the way through. So I would say Jamal. Uh, I would have to put Bijan in that in that conversation after that. Uh, yeah, Priest Holmes. Shoot, said Benson said. Actually, I put said then Priest Holmes. Yeah, that yeah, I would just leave it at that. Because there's so many guys to, to to name off, but uh, and in the league, you mean like present or just in general, or like, hey, you did it both. <laughs> uh, in present right now, there's a lot of guys in the league. I would have to say uh, Nick Chubb is probably like one of the most like he's talked about. But I don't feel like he's as talked about as uh. He should be just watching him play, seeing seeing his production, the things that he does on a regular basis. It's just it's kind of uh, it, uh, it's just it's it's unreal if you really watch it, if you really know uh, what to look at. But Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, uh, you got your there's so many, but Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, John, a healthy Jonathan Taylor. Even I think Tony Pollard last year did some great things. His, his acceleration is crazy. Um, there's a lot of guys, man. It's, it's hard to even name, honestly. All right, your pass guys. You did it. You said it. Yeah, pass guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, Barry Sanders, Bo Jackson. Those are like top two. Barry Sanders, Bo Jackson, Walter Payton, obviously. Uh yeah. Even Jamal Jamal and the leagues. Jamal Charles. Yeah, that's That's a good one. That's a good It's so many yeah. names. I feel like I'm doing a disservice by like <laughs> keeping guys out, but yeah. Do you have anything else? No, we're good. <laughs>
Roshan, we definitely appreciate you for joining us. Everybody, you can watch this episode at 5.30 p.m. Every Wednesday, you can check us at 5.30 p.m. on NBC Sports. It's wherever you get your Bulls, your Blackhawks, and your White Sox. Roshan, we appreciate it, man. Have a great day. Yeah, appreciate y'all. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.